will be on hand as Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, and the Titans play host to the Buffalo Bills. Tennessee is playing well and leading the AFC South, but can they outscore Josh Allen and the Bills, who are on a four-game winning streak? Join us to find out on Monday Night Football. On Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. You're planning on remodeling your bathroom. You want something personal and unique, and you want only the best quality products, which is why you're planning on ordering your shower door from the Custom Craftsman of City Glass. But why stop there? Why not have the same professionals custom cut the just right mirror for your bathroom as well? There's no need to settle for anything off the shelf when the City Glass Craftsman can cut and design the perfect mirror for your bathroom. Don't worry about special sizing. They can custom size your mirror just as they would your shower door. And what about a unique look? Not a problem. For example, they can frame your mirror or even cut it so that your vanity lights can fit in the mirror rather than having to mount a separate fixture above the mirror. Maybe you don't need a new mirror at all and can just have an existing one recut or refurbished. Yeah, they can do that too. So do this for yourself. When you're ready to choose a shower door from City Glass, choose a mirror as well. City Glass, quality glass products, a cut above the rest. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son, there ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding old Betsy the Stallion, tip-tapping away at his telegraph, when blam, ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Broadcasting live from the Masters Heating and Cooling Studios, this is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, Fort Wayne, Indiana, The Fan. This is an exclusive presentation of high school sports on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This is the High School Coaches Show. Here's your host, Justin Kenny. Welcome in, everyone, to the High School Coaches Show. It is the Week 9 edition, final week of the regular season as we close out the season, at least the regular part of the season, as uh, some big games coming up this week. Of course, none bigger, Snyder and Bishop Lures out at Lures Field coming up tomorrow night to decide the SAC. Carol's also hoping to sneak in there and get some uh, a share of that at least, and also will crown a champion in the ACAC as well tomorrow evening. Action Pack Show as usual here on the Coaches Show. We're going to start it off with Bryce Vance here in just a couple seconds. Then we're going to talk to Belmont head coach Nick Hall. Belmont gets a win last week, ending a 26-game losing streak. Coach Hall in his second year with the Braves alma mater and uh, it was a big big game big win for belmont going forward first win in coach hall's career we'll talk to coach hall later on in the show we'll talk to head coach mike smith of the woodland warriors his team turning some heads in the acac after a couple years of struggles as they continue their march up in the acac standings we'll see if they can keep it going the next couple weeks they have a tough matchup though this week against adam central but we'll talk some sectional uh, matchups with Coach Smith as well. But we're going to start it off as we do each and every week here and talk with our friend, Mr. Bryce Vance. Bryce, how are you? 
I'm dandy, Justin. How are you? Dandy? Well, excellent. And I know you're you're on site. You're covering soccer. Uh, hopefully it's not raining too hard on you. But a, a man that uh, that does not take a single day off, that is Mr. Bryce Vance. Where is soccer tonight? Uh, I'm at Mishawaka Marion. Uh, ah. I'm enjoying some regional semifinal action. Excellent. And you were out yesterday at where? Argos? I was at Argos yesterday. So I've I ventured to the central part of the state back-to-back days. Look at you, dedication. Yeah. And and usually I ask this at the end of the interview, but where are you headed tomorrow? I am actually going to be in Kinderville uh, oh. tomorrow for East Noble Belmont. But earlier in the day, I'm going to head down to Pendleton for some state tennis. So all over the state of Indiana. Look at this, this guy. Week. And, you know, you'll be welcomed back to, to Kendallville. It's been a couple of weeks since you've been yeah. there. Yeah, I haven't covered an East Noble game in, in a couple of weeks. Um, I've heard some people miss me, and some people are like, <laughs> thank goodness he hasn't been covering yeah. our games. But I, I'm still trying to figure out who those people are just so I can continue to uh, anger them. Yeah, if you're not angering people and you're in journalism, you're just not doing your job. That's correct. Yes. So, well, let's put a recap last week because uh, you were you took in the big school division championship, correct, last week? Yes. Yes. Uh, it was um, it was a barn burner with uh, with Fairfield and Lakeland, but uh, somebody had to win this dang division. Fairfield yeah. comes out on top, and you know, by and large, they get Cherubusco at home next or uh, tomorrow night, and that's kind of an interesting game in the NECC. All of a sudden, right. Fairfield's won three straight. They went to Garrett and got a win. They went to Lakeland and got a win. Uh, are the Falcons back on track after having a superb season a year ago? Um, I think back on track is kind of a relative term. I mean, for where they were last year, I think in, in some regard, but to be, you know, competitive, you know, in their section, I think is going to be, you know, um, it's going to be very difficult for them even against East, East side or, or lures or even, even a team like Central Noble. Um, so I, I think it's, it's they're you know, back at the, at the top of the division, I would say, which, you know, we've talked all season long about the division, and it's just, you know, it's been chaotic, but it hasn't been, you know, overly impressive in one way or another. So they're back to where I think that they're going to be competitive in this big school division for, for I think, maybe years to come. And when we look at these small schools, well, let's let's talk Angola really quick. Because I felt like a couple years ago there was discussion that, man, Angola is going to turn into Leo in this division, the Leo in the ACAC, and they just dominated it. You know, it was Homestead Carroll in the, in the old uh, NHC that they right. dominated. And the thought was, you know, when 2017, 2018 happened, it was like, you know, Angola is going to get much too big for this league. And here they are, 2-6 and six on the season, finished 1-3 and three in the big school division. I mean, was that a mirage? I mean, do we feel that, um, you know, Angola maybe isn't that, you know, sleeping giant that we all felt was emerging a couple years ago. I think so. I think I don't think I want to say it was a mirage. I think they just had you know two to three, two and a half really good classes come through there, um, and then just they weren't able to sustain that. And you know that's what we talked about a little bit last week with the big school division that you know one team would have an up or up year um, for a year or two. You know Garrett had you know fifteen and sixteen. Um, when they went all the way to semi-state, and then, you know, Fairfield had, had last year. And it kind of, you know, it took them a while to get back to that point this year, but 
you know, a one to two year run. And West Noble had it a couple of years uh, for years, a couple of years ago, um, where they had back to back really good seasons. So I think it's just you know, that's how the the rotation of the NECC Big Division is. Is you know, you're just going to have a, a good year or two, and then you're going to either kind of be mediocre or you're going to fall off. And that's just kind of how it's been. Um, in this division for for quite some time now, and and it, and it feels like as we get further and further away from 17 and 18, that it does feel more and more like a mirage, and then that they're not going to get back to that. But I'm not saying that they can't, but I don't know if, if the same buy-in is is there, um, just because I think they were, you know, bitten pretty bad by the injury bug with Tyler Call and Andre Tagliaferri. Those two guys would have definitely made differences um, on both sides of the ball. And they were, you know, missed quite a few games and were hit and miss. And it's just, I don't know if they were ever really healthy and had the right personnel uh, for this team to actually, you know, achieve some some success this season. Bryce, if I had to ask you, 10 teams in the Northeast Corner Conference, we take East Side. Well, no, we're going to include East Side because they're in the, the sectional with Bishop Lures. If you had to point to a team of this 10-team conference, has mm-hmm. had the best chance to win a sectional championship, who would it be? I think it is Eastside. Um, just, and, and I know that they're going to be going up against an absolute giant in, uh, in Bishop Lures. Um, as we, I think we all suspect that they'll get to the championship game. They'll, they'll win their first-round matchup. They'll get past Central Noble, um, and then they'll get to that championship game with Lures. But if you're asking me after that, I would have to say it's, it's probably Busco, but they get right off the bat yeah. with, with with AC, yeah. and that's 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 really tough. If they you know had you know maybe another week um, or or two before they faced them, I would say that maybe they could you know continue what they are doing and face some some stiffer competition just because they've kind of run through their their last three opponents here. And Fairfield will give them a challenge. I think Fairfield is good enough to to challenge them on both sides of the ball. I think that. Uh, Busco will have to slow down their triple option, um, running, rushing attack. Um, and then I think, you know, Fairfield's defense is pretty stout in certain areas. Um, they were able to, to limit um, Lakeland on the ground, and I think that they could do that a little bit to Busco tomorrow. Um, but I definitely think it's Eastside and Busco, both teams coming out of the small school division. I, I just don't see, you know, for the, the big school division that any of them really have a significant uh, shot of coming out of the sectional as a sectional champion. He is Bryce Vance, KPC Media, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. And you mentioned one big showdown coming up to next week with Cherubusco and Adam Central. Another one is Leo East Noble, round two. Of course, East Noble will host uh, Belmont tomorrow night. Uh, Leo will go to DeKalb. But uh, all in, for everybody's got their eyes on week 10 and round yep. two between these two teams. With what East Noble has been able to do the last two weeks, come from behind victory at Columbia City and then dominated New Haven last week, do we feel that they're rounding back into form, a form that they need to be in for next week's showdown against Leo? I think so. Um, I think I think we saw what East Noble is capable of in that second half against Leo uh, when they first played in Kinderville a few weeks ago. I think that is the team that... Um, East Noble wanted to be at the beginning of the season. I think it's a team that they are capable of, um, of being, um, you know, and making possibly a deep run because I was asked, you know, earlier this week if, if either one of East Noble or Leo get out of the sectional, 
um, that can they make a deep run all the way down to Indianapolis? And I said, of course. I mean, I don't think the the regional is uh, is very strong. I don't necessarily think maybe the semi-state is as strong as it has been with the, with the Hobart team that's you know was loaded with a bunch of seniors um, and juniors that were very talented a couple of years ago. I just don't think it's it's as strong up, up north. And I, and I could be wrong. I could be mistaken, but I just don't feel that way as it has been the last couple of years with a team coming out of the, of the region. Um, so I think East Noble is, is definitely, I think, trending in the right direction. Um, I think tomorrow, I think, I don't know it, how much they're going to actually, you know, put up against Belmont. I wouldn't be, you know, looking into that score too much just because they, you know, obviously can think that they're going to get past Belmont um, pretty easily. Um, and, and I think that they should. Um, but we'll see how much they actually do rest. Um, and same with Leo going up against DeKal because we think both of those teams should get past their opponents in Week 9 pretty easily. It's always the hot button issue twice a year, three if you count girls basketball sectional draw in terms of should it be seeded? Is it fine the way it is? We just mentioned a big game coming up tomorrow or next week that probably would be the sectional championship game in round one. So where does Bryce stand? Should the sectional draw in the state of Indiana be seeded? Yes or no? I think so. I think so. I think outside of the conference schedules um i mean i know you, you can i mean besides that you can make the argument of what does the regular season mean as far as the postseason it doesn't mean anything you could draw the the sectional draw five years ago and you just have the matchups for for five straight years going every year you would know you would just you know release them you know just the couple weeks before like they do um, but you could draw this thing out you know 10 years in advance like how are we how are we going to know i mean it, it, it just doesn't make a difference to what we're going to see on the field in, in week 10 and in week 11 and 12 so it, i think it, it's out, outside of the conference play and that is an important thing for a, a lot of you know teams and a lot of programs that think they have a shot in their conference each year but the teams that that don't i mean i don't think it necessarily matters where they're they're drawn out so i'm in favor of of seeding it i think we would get you know, hopefully the best matchups in the semifinals and finals. I think that's what we all want um, for championships. Uh, I think that's that instead of seeing it so early on with an East Noble or Leo, um, it just it just feels like the next couple of weeks, you know, don't mean as much. Um, but when they when they clearly do, so I'm in favor of seeing it. Um, and and I think that we can figure out a way. I just think it, it you know people are just going to have to actually put their minds to it and actually do it um, because I think that's just. They just haven't actually wanted to. I think that's that's the big deal right now. They don't want to do it. Yeah, that kind of leads into my next question. How do you seed it? You know, you can't really do win-loss records 43 with Monroe Central and South Adams. South Adams is number one. Monroe Central is number two. Even though Monroe Central beats South Adams, so you, you can find yeah. holes in Sagarin ratings. Um, you know, there's a complicated formula that makes the, you know, the BCS look easy over in Ohio where not everybody makes the playoffs and you get points based on this tier system and, you know, it's just convoluted and, and messy and I don't know what you want to, you know, go down that road. So I, I guess, you know, the question is, is how do you fairly seed it? Because no real, um, you know, at least easy uh, solution is is entirely 100% accurate. No, I, I know it, it, it's going to be difficult, but I think that there is possibly some formula that you could do 
um, that is, you know, easy to explain uh, to coaches and fans that that would get them on board. Um, and maybe that's just, you know, the IHSA coming up and, and testing out a formula. I mean, it, testing out and just saying, like, here's what it would have been if we were to come out and can, you know, can you get a lot of people to look at that and then agree on it? Um, I just don't think, like you said, nobody wants to actually sit down and try to actually come up with a decent formula that would work for everybody, create the, the fairest matchups so that, you know, they would you know, have one and two on, on the opposite side of the brackets. It's just I don't think somebody or anybody in the IHSA want to do it. They think this is the way we've done it, so let's just keep doing it um, and, and just deal with the, the backlash or the hatred just because what's what what backlash besides us getting mad three times a year um <laughs> it does the ihsa actually face for this yeah right to, to me it's a bigger deal in basketball because at yeah. least with the draw at least let's take example leo and east noble they're still playing on a friday night everybody plays on fridays you know in basketball you could have a the top two teams in the sectional play at tuesday at six o'clock with nobody right. there, you know, right. I mean, I feel like it's a bigger issue in basketball than it is in football because we hear about waning attendance at basketball and, you know, not, you know, filled gyms yet. They're having arguably the top two teams play uh, in sectionals here, there in the state based on the draw on a Tuesday night with 300 people there. Yeah. And I, and I think with, with basketball, you definitely have a larger sample size. You have more games. Um, you have, you know, more head-to-head competition with with teams possibly in your sectional or, you know, uh, uh, just outside of your, your region or or what have you um, instead of, you know, where like the SAC plays, you know, nine conference games for football um, and the NE8 plays sevens and they only have two out-of-conference games and sometimes you, you know, don't schedule the, the most difficult opponents um, unlike, you know, a team like East Noble who, you know, plays a Plymouth or tries to find a Northwood or a Cathedral a few years ago where, you know, teams like DeKalb, they play Angola and Garrett every single year. And those two teams have been down the last couple of years. So you're not really testing yourself. So we don't really know if, you know, if you do beat those teams, how good quality those wins are. So I think definitely in basketball, it'd be a lot easier to do. Um, whereas football, you only have nine games to go off of, or seven games to go off of when you, before you'd really do the draw. Right, and you know, you look at it SAC, which all they're playing is conference games, so it's right. gonna be difficult to uh, to somehow seed and rank those. All right, buddy, we kept you way too long. I know you have to focus on the pitch, but appreciate you joining us. So we'll talk to you next Thursday. Yeah, and I can't wait to have the same seeding conversation a year. From yes, now. yeah, but book it now. We'll talk about it. <laughs> all right, <laughs> see you, buddy. See ya. That was Bryce Vance, KPC Media Group, joining us here as he does each and every Thursday here on the high school coaches show plenty to get to after the break we're going to talk to coach mike smith woodland warriors when we come back also belmont coach nick hall also on tap here in this hour we're going to take a break you are listening to the week nine edition of the high school coaches show here on 1380 the fan 100.9 fm the Brockman Heating and Air Conditioning Promise. On time, done right, or it's free. Brockman's your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. That's over 60 years strong since 1957, serving homeowners in the Fort Wayne area. And Brockman's has the most experienced techs to help you decide if you should repair or replace your unit. 423-4331. Call your independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. Brockman's Heating and Air Conditioning. On time, done right, or it's free. 423-4331. 423-4331. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we have arrived in Philadelphia. Local time is 3.05 p.m. and the temperature is 67 degrees. At this time, you are now free to use your cellular devices. You know that feeling when you get to turn your phone on after the plane lands? You can have that feeling every time you drive. Make sure your cell phone is stowed away whenever you are behind the wheel. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand. You hold my hand. <laughs> Learn about adopting a teen from foster care at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Dr. Gordon Christensen. When I became a dentist, I learned how quickly poor oral health can lead to other serious health problems. And for people without access to care, these problems can spiral very quickly. I wanted to help, so I joined Dental Lifeline Network. Right now, there's a wait list for patients in need in your community. I'm asking fellow dentists who will join me in seeing one patient per year. To learn more, visit willyouseone.org. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country, and tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. It doesn't take a brain surgeon to know ticks suck. But what you might not know is that they don't just suck blood way out in the woods. Those creepy little bugs can be anywhere all year long. And I do mean little. They can be smaller than the head of a pin. But big trouble comes in these small, gross packages. Even a tiny tick can make you super sick. So what's the most important tip to avoid getting bit? Well, duh, pay attention. Remember, ticks can be just about anywhere outdoors. Then spray attention with an EPA-registered insect repellent. Wearing long socks and other protective clothing is a good idea, too. When you come back inside, shower. And always remember, check for ticks everywhere. And if you do get a tick bite, don't panic. Tell an adult. And visit ticksuck.org to learn how to remove it properly. Ticks suck, but being outdoors shouldn't. Go to ticksuck.org for more information. Ticksuck.org. So then I drop some garlic and croutons on there, and the rest is salad history. I made the best salad ever, people. And now I'm making the best app. The Caesar Sportsbook app got live in-game betting, parlays, and Caesar rewards. Caesar salad ain't got nothing on my app. Nothing. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Download the Caesar Sportsbook app. Your app is ready, Emperor. Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone. Week 9 edition of the High School Coaches Show. And as he does each and every week around 6.15, we're joined 
by Mr. John Graham. John's waving to the mic, as he does every Thursday as well. So glad to have Mr. Graham in here producing. And coming up later this evening, it'll be Tampa Bay and Philly. From Philly, Bucks Eagles, you can hear all the action here at 8 o'clock on 1380 The Fan. Tomorrow night, it will be the game of the night at Lures Field. It will be Snyder and Bishop Lures, 7 o'clock kickoff. Bishop Lures looking to wrap up an undefeated regular season and win the victory bell. Snyder trying to crash the party. They can win the victory bell with a victory tomorrow night and a Carroll loss. If both Snyder and Carroll win tomorrow night, all three will share the victory bell three-way tie atop the SAC. So coming up tomorrow, join Brett Romp, Shannon Griffith, all the action. Kickoff at 7 o'clock from Lewis Field here on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Another game coming up tomorrow night. It's going to be at Monroe on the landing strip at Minnick Field. Woodland Warriors at the Adams Central Flying Jets. Head coach of the Woodland Warriors is Coach Mike Smith. Joins us right now. Coach, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Not bad, Coach. And uh, it's it's good talking to you. And let's do a, let's do a season review. First time you've joined us all season. And you t- you started with a rough uh, you know first three week schedule. Got on a run there mid uh, in the middle. Then had Culver and South Adams the last two weeks. It's been a season of streaks, so to speak, for you. You know, opening up with Leo is definitely difficult. Uh, however, you know, we, we did a lot of good things in that game. It gave me some good feelings going in to the uh, following week. Obviously, you know, I, I was disappointed with how we played with Central Oval, um, as well as Heritage, to be quite honest. But the Heritage game really kind of helped propel us into a three-game winning streak. We corrected a lot of things. I think the kids saw, hey, you know, we need to take coaching and do the things the coaches are talking about. Um, and, and we did see some uh, fruit of the labor there in the middle of the season. Culver's, you know, it's a very odd game because they've always got just like one of their defensive linemen is signed to play lacrosse at Notre Dame. <laughs> so, I mean, they've always got just dudes everywhere. It's yeah. A, a odd game, you know, week seven, I think it is. And then, you know, South Adams last week, we just didn't play very well and you know they they got us again so hopefully next year we can get them Coach, let's start on the offensive side of the football, and you have probably one of the more underrated quarterbacks around in Jacob Snyder as a junior for you, and you have some really solid guys up front, not only blocking for Snyder, but opening uh, some holes for that rushing game. Uh, it, it starts up front, it starts behind center, and it seems like you have pieces to build around, and you know, you know, Snyder in particular, he's been a kid that has evolved from a sophomore as a second-team All-ACAC guy, now into one of the more prolific passers in the conference. Yeah, he has grown definitely exponentially. Uh, he, he does a great job taking coaching. And, you know, I think we try to scheme up things that, that work, you know, into his skill set, quick passing game. Um, and as I've grown to, to trust him more, 
and he's you know played more. Sometimes we give him a couple of different options that he can pick from um, pre-staff and post-staff, whether he's going to run the ball, throw the ball, or throw a couple of different concepts. I'm not asking him to make full-field reads or anything, but they have one concept on one side, one concept on the other, and whichever one he likes best, he can go with. So, you know, he, uh, he can make a coach look smart. You know what I mean? <laughs> You know, Coach, defensively, I think you have another, uh, you know, a couple juniors that are pretty solid, too, that maybe a lot of people haven't heard of. And, and Ethan Vardaman and Austin Snyder, at linebacker, defensive back and linebacker, respectively. That junior class altogether seems to be one of the more talented that has come through Woodland in a little, in a little while. Have a really good junior class. You know, we they're definitely growing. Ethan probably out this week. He's a little bit banged up, but he's uh, he's definitely played very well. He's got a lot of good things for us. Um, oh gosh, is that a brain fart there? I'm trying to think somebody <laughs> else. Uh, anyway, yeah, Snyder and Vardaman, yeah. Yeah, and really we have, we actually have a couple of freshmen that are going to play tomorrow night with a few injuries, but they are really playing well at Chase Tibbs and at Carter Fleek. Uh, so, you know, there's another clash of the future for you. So, I think we, we've got, you know, pieces here and there, and the kids are, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak. You know, it's definitely going in the right direction. It's obviously not, not what I want it to be yet by any means, but... Uh, you know, I think the program is growing. Yeah, Coach, now in your second year and had a, a single win last year on the road at Jay County, you're sitting at 3-5 and five right now, so taking positive step forward. Did you, I mean, entering year two, what was the goal? Did you Are you on track? Because I always ask coaches, I guess, in year one, year two, when you lay out that three, four, five-year plan, do you feel like you're where you want to be now in year two? Yes, we're on track. I, I think a couple of things could have gone a little bit better, but I, you know, I think any coach who asks that's a loaded question. They're always like, oh, "I want to win every single game, be perfect all the time," but it's not realistic. Um, I think rebuild a program is a five, six-year process. So having that patience as a head coach is really the key because you got to keep everybody else, you know, buying in. So you can't get too frustrated. Um, you know, if you're not big time. So long-winded way of saying, yeah, I, I do think we're on track. Coach Mike Smith, Woodland Warriors, joining us here on the high school coaches show. Look, Coach, you get Adam Central at Monroe tomorrow night. Quite the week nine matchup for you. What have you seen out of the Flying Jets? What do you guys need to be ready for? good at what they do at every level. You know, I, I remember watching our junior high kids play that week one for whatever reason. And, you know, they're, the kids at that level are very efficient running their offense. So, you know, they learn at a young age how to do it and do it well. Um, and they just get bigger, stronger, faster as they, you know, they're in the weight room. So it's the same stuff that they always do. It's counter. It's a lot of misdirection. You know, if our kids read the keys, you know, we can be okay. If we don't read the keys very well, they'll, they'll run the ball extremely effectively. Uh, and, you know, their defense, they just, their kids are strong. <laughs> you know, they're very impressive with what they do. They, they don't do anything. They're not floppy in any capacity. So you really have to be sharp in what they do. And that makes sense because, I mean, they've blown everybody out and they're undefeated. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to make an extremely deep run in the 
State playoff. Coach, this is probably a better question for next week, but you got you had Culver Academy, South Adams last two weeks. You get Adams Central tomorrow night, and then you get Prairie Heights in a rematch game from sectional 35 a year ago, the opener when you guys lost 18 to 8. Um, when you, I mean, is it is it going to help in terms of having to to turn the page? on on this game tomorrow win or lose knowing that you have a team that knocked you out of the postseason a year ago in terms of you know really getting these guys refocused after the regular season yeah absolutely you know it, it, in my mind i thought about that exact thing you know as i think about ways to motivate the kids going into this week and that's very much on the forefront of my mind is an opportunity to you know beat them this time you know and we're at our place so Absolutely. That's that's definitely uh, the way we'll approach it. And I think we're healthy. Last year, I mean, I'm not sure at any point we were very healthy. We're, we're a year older, a year stronger, and we're going to be pretty healthy by that time uh, next Friday. So I, I do feel like we can be very competitive and definitely have an opportunity to win the football game. And, Coach, you know, when you look ahead to tomorrow night in terms of weather, and it seems like it's just been raining, you know, for the better part of two weeks here, but uh, do you approach anything differently in a game like potentially could be in the wet tomorrow night? Yeah. Um, it's funny you mention that. I'm driving home in the rain right now. <laughs> yeah, we've practiced with wet balls all week. We'll have coaches go up and just spray the center's hand, just soak it so that his hand is wet, the ball is wet. Quarterbacks throwing wet balls. Uh, we went over. Obviously, we have turf, but we went over and practiced in the grass. You know, it didn't rain a lot during the week when the grass wasn't really that wet. But, you know, we tried to simulate it as much as we possibly can. But I think the biggest key is just trying to deal with trying to snap a wet ball and catch a wet ball and throw a wet ball. All right, Coach, when you look at this conference, the ACAC, and it's been dominated by Adams Central and South Adams in recent years, but before that it was Woodland up top, back-to-back seasons. Uh, when you try to make the trek back up the standings and you guys have moved in the positive direction from last year to this year, what's the next step? How do you break through that glass ceiling to start, uh, you know, putting a scare into the South Adamses and the Adams Centrals atop, atop the league. What's what's that next step you guys need to reach? You know, I think we probably need to be undefeated going into those games. It's not overall but undefeated in the conference. Um, and we were 3-1 and one going into South Adams this year. Um, I think that's really it. We have to be playing great football across the board. You know, maybe be more competitive more than we were this year and last year. You know, they just, they've got to see a more uh, dominant team on film consistently before you know they're going to take it super seriously. I mean, Grant, uh, Grant Mosher was, was complimentary. He's like, I can tell the different team, you know, you're going in the right direction. So that's always nice to hear from coaches in the conference. And I would say that you know, a lot of the head coaches in the conference is kind of a tight-knit group. We kind of mess with each other and, um, and I think support each other really well. So I really appreciated him saying that. Um, because no matter what, you know, it's really hard 
when you're you know you don't win or I was I was disappointed with how things went last week. I thought we'd play better. Um, but to have him say that was you know definitely uh, picked me up a little bit, got me going back on track for this week. Tough one for Woodland tomorrow night at Monroe, taking on Adams Central. But uh, Woodland definitely going in the right direction under second-year coach Mike Smith. Coach, I appreciate it. Be careful heading home in the rain. Good luck tomorrow. Good luck in the postseason. We'll catch up with you. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. That, that was Coach Mike Smith, Woodland Warriors. His team, 3-5, and five, started out 0-3, got three straight wins. That win against Bluffton in Week 4 was really an eye-opener, considering how Jake Snyder played in that game. Junior quarterback, 30 of 36, 391 yards, three rushing touchdowns, rushed for two additional touchdowns, and that was really an eye-opener, not just for, for Jake Snyder, but also with the Woodland Warriors. Followed that up with routes of Southern Wells and Jay County. To get to three and three, but the last couple weeks falling hard at home against both Culver Academy, South Adams, and tomorrow Adams Central is going to be most difficult. But Woodland gets a rematch, like I said, with Prairie Heights. They will try to get their first sectional win or postseason win of any kind, ladies and gentlemen, since 2017. That team, of course, got to the state championship game, had South Ridge on the ropes in the fourth quarter, let it slip away, lost 15 to 14 in the state championship game down at Lucas Oil Stadium. Woodland has not won a single postseason game since that 15 to 14 semi-state win at Eastbrook way back in 2017. We will see next week if Woodland can end that losing streak in the playoffs. We're going to take a break, come back. We'll talk to another coach that's uh, guiding a fledgling program, but it was a big week last week as Belmont got the, off the schneid with a 26-game losing streak that came to an end. We'll talk all about it with Belmont head coach Nick Hall after the break. You're listening to the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Get the latest knife info from the area's premier knife shop. Follow Blademan's on Facebook and Instagram today and get the latest on what's happening at Blademan's Knife Shop at the Shops of Scott Road. Hello, this is Mark, the owner of Blademan's Knife Shop. I'd like to personally invite you out to the store to check out the area's best selection of quality knives. We carry Benchmade, Hogue, Protec, Microtech, Emerson Knives, Zero Tolerance, and many more. We have the best selection of premium knives anywhere within 100 miles of Fort Wayne. So come in and check out our great selection and have a cup of coffee on me. Before you experience the world-class quality in store, see fresh inventory updates and limited-time specials at the Blademan's Facebook page. Some inventory, unique colors, and new styles only stay in stock for a day or two. So be in the know and update your knife collection the smart way. Follow Blademan's today. As always, 10% discount for police and military and on-site sharpening service. Join the community of premium blade buffs at Blademan's Facebook and Instagram today. Indiana veterans, if you or a fellow veteran needs financial assistance for food, housing, medical expenses, or other basic needs, help is available. The Military Family Relief Fund offers Indiana veterans up to $2,500 in aid. Just visit in.gov slash DVA or call 800-400-4520. You served our country. Now, the Indiana Department of Veterans Affairs is here to serve you through the Military Family Relief Fund. 
doesn't take a brain surgeon to know ticks suck. But what you might not know is that they don't just suck blood way out in the woods. Those creepy little bugs can be anywhere all year long. And I do mean little. They can be smaller than the head of a pin. But big trouble comes in these small, gross packages. Even a tiny tick can make you super sick. So what's the most important tip to avoid getting bit? Well, duh, pay attention. Remember, ticks can be just about anywhere outdoors. Then spray attention with an EPA-registered insect repellent. Wearing long socks and other protective clothing is a good idea, too. When you come back inside, shower. And always remember, check for ticks everywhere. And if you do get a tick bite, don't panic. Tell an adult. And visit ticksuck.org to learn how to remove it properly. Ticks suck, but being outdoors shouldn't. Go to ticksuck.org for more information. Ticksuck.org. Here's more from the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back, everyone. High School Coaches Show here. I'm Justin Kenny. He is John Graham here for another about 20 minutes or so. Talking area high school football will give way to National Fox Sports Radio at the top of the hour, but give it an hour, and then we'll have complete coverage Thursday night football, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Philadelphia Eagles. Coming up tomorrow night, it is the 1380 The Fan Game of the Week. It'll be the Snyder Panthers at the Bishop Lures Knights for the SAC Championship, effectively, 7 o'clock kickoff. You know, a team that gave Bishop Lures a game here several years ago uh, was Belmont. And uh, was oh, winless in the regular season, got back-to-back -back wins against Garrett and Concordia in the sectional, and then battled Lures tough uh, in the sectional championship. That, interestingly, that 28-21 to win over Concordia the week before was the last victory for Belmont until last week. The Belmont Braves were able to get a 42-34 to victory over the DeKalb Barons at home. It ended a 26-game losing streak for Belmont. And the head coach of the Braves is Coach Nick Hall, who joins us right now. Coach, how are you? Good, good, good. How are you? Not bad, Coach. And, I, you know, congratulations are in order. It was 26 games. It probably felt a heck of a lot more to you. I appreciate it. Yeah, it, it felt like a, a really long time because I was still on the staff then whenever you beat Corey there in 18. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a, a long time coming. And, and you, a Belmont lifer, you know, alma mater, coming back to the school, I feel good. Yeah, oh, absolutely, no, yeah. I consider myself a, a Belmont guy through and through, you know. I graduated from Belmont. I never plan on leaving Belmont. That was one of the things I talked with uh, the AD whenever he hired me last year. I plan on sticking around for a while and getting this thing turned around. So hopefully we're moving in the right direction now. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, how difficult is it when you take a team over that, you know, has been uh, – it's been difficult to get wins, but as soon as 2015, it was a 10-win season and a sectional championship. So hasn't been that long since Belmont has been competitive. But, you know, did you look at it and say this is going to be a, a long trek to get back to where Belmont used to be? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it is a – I'd say four or five year process, and everyone knows that. Um, but the kids I have here now, they they want to win now. You know, I mean, everyone wants to win. Um, so we're taking it one game at a time, one week at a time. Um, and these kids that I have in here now, especially these seniors, that was their first win they've had. I mean, they they've never won. They were freshmen back in '18. I mean, they weren't playing, so that was pretty cool for them. They get to experience that, and you know, I'm super happy for those kids, um, especially those seniors. So. Um, but yeah, we still have a long way to go. Um, and uh, like you said, 
it hasn't been that long since we have been successful. 2015, that's only been, you know, five, six years ago. Um, I think some people forget about that. Um, but like I've told people in the past, you know, Belmont football has their ups and downs. Um, you know, we're, we're good, then we go down, then we're, we're good. And they like a roller coaster. Um, I think we're on the on that on that rise here right now. So. Yeah, most definitely. Coach, take us back last week. It was a it was a back and forth game with DeKalb and, and being able to close it out late. You mentioned those seniors that get their first win. I mean, uh give us a, a description of the atmosphere around uh the football field and around that and particularly in that locker room post game. Oh, uh, it, it was great. We uh so it was senior night, it was youth night, so the stands were packed. Um I mean the kids came out, I mean we scored two touchdowns um on a defensive touchdown and special teams. I uh, had a big turnover. We punched in two plays later, and we're up 14-0, minute 14 of the game. Um, so that was a huge momentum uh, swing there right from the beginning. Um, and we were talking before, we need let's put four quarters together. You know, we put four quarters together in special teams, offense, defense. You know, we came out firing there on offense in the first half. And I think we put up 35 in the first half, um, maybe 35-28 or 35-21 at, at halftime. Um, and you could tell those kids at halftime they were they were ready to close it out. They were hungry for a win. Um, and it, I, I mean, it was it was awesome to see. You know, and we were game, you know, like you said, 28 tries. Um, it was awesome to see there at the end, and when that final play was over, all those students rushing the field, all, all the little kids rushing the field. You know, <laughs> I mean, it was pretty awesome. All those people excited about Belmont football again. And you know, that, that was one of my main goals to get people in the community excited about Belmont football again. That's something I've really been trying to do. My staff's been trying. You know, my kids, the kids on the team have been trying. The youth coaches, middle school, everyone's been trying to feel excited about Belmont football again. I think, you know, we're, we're heading the right direction, so. Yeah, I would say, you know, what better night to get your your first win in a while than youth night when all the future Braves are there, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, that was awesome for them to see. I think that was important for them to see, you know, you know, Belmont football can win. Um, and I, like I told our team, all summer, all season, we're going to win, guys. And we do win. It's going to be a special, special thing. And I thought it was really cool for those younger guys to get to experience that, you know, that, that were watching the game. And, you know, that was pretty special for everybody. Coach, you mentioned, you know, the senior group, and, and it's, a, it's a good mix of some upperclassmen, but also some youth and, you know, a, a little on those guys because uh, is it Ullman's your quarterback? And I think, you know, Bodkins is a pretty solid rusher for you. Um, and he's a junior. So um, a little about your, your personnel and kind of the guys that have stepped up for you. Yeah, so John Ullman's my quarterback. He's, he's a senior. This is his second year under center. Uh, he's a three-year varsity player. Um, I have two two seniors on my offensive line. Um, I rotate in the sophomore. The other three, other three on the offensive line are sophomores. And my sophomore, I rotate in. So I mean, at times I'm playing four sophomores on my own line. Um, I have a junior running back in Isaac Watkins. Um, Jameson Rumpel and Isaiah Thatcher are my two slot backs. They're both seniors, um, and they've really come into their own here the last couple of weeks. Um, Aiden Ford, the junior, who rotates in there at, at slot with them. Um, Kobe Baker, Trevor Walker on the outside. They're both seniors. Um, I rotate in a, a sophomore out there, Joe Hoffman. Um, you know, we're, 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 we have some experience, but we're, we're actually very young. And there's times we have six, seven sophomores on the field on offense. Uh, defense the same way. Um, our core guys on defense, they're, they're sophomores and juniors. Um, and, you know, they fly around, they play hard. Um, my D-line, I, you know, that sophomore Dylan Velez, 
uh, Cole Mendez, uh, have a senior in Bryce Roop, who's our, who's our uh, one of our captains as well. Um, Aiden, Aiden, uh, Aiden Miller, a sophomore, he stepped in the role here the last few weeks uh, as an outside linebacker. Aiden, um, Aiden Ford, my middle linebacker, who also plays offense. Keenan Martin, um, middle linebacker, he's a sophomore. Cole Mendez also plays a linebacker. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's a lot of – a lot of sophomores and seniors that are playing, um, so that's that, that's a good thing. So, well, a lot of well, a lot of guys come back next year. So, he is Coach Nick Hall, Belmont Braves, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. And and Coach, I know you, you know you always preach to the kids to stay positive and and all that, but there's it's a little bit different after you know a week coming off a win. So, have you noticed a little bit more of a spring in their in their step from this team this year this week? Oh, absolutely. They, they have a lot of confidence right now. Um, and and doing it last week, we were, we were missing three starters, four starters. Um, so we have those four guys coming back this week against East Noble. I mean, it just just the way they're carrying themselves through school. I mean, they, <laughs> they have a lot of com- they have a lot of comments walking around. Um, and I keep telling my guys, you know, it's, it's good to be confident, not cocky though. You yeah. can't be cocky. I mean, it's it, one win. I'm glad you get some confidence, but let's still stay humble and keep working hard and get that second victory. So. And coach, you look at it, you get East Noble this week, and that's a team that's trying to find itself as it has to prep for Leo. But you also potentially, you know, will then get a rematch in week 10 against Oak Hill, the same team that knocked you out of the playoffs a year ago. So is, you know, do you kind of sell it with these kids is, hey, you know, we got shut out back-to-back games to end the season a year ago. Here we are facing the same two teams. Let's see what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, East Noble, they're East Noble. You know, Coach Yancet does a heck of a job up there with those guys. I mean, every, every year they're competitive. They're, they're competing for a conference championship. Um, so, I mean, they're going to be coming out guns a-blazing every game they're playing. Um, and then, you know, we have Oak Hill first round. Um, they, they shut us out last year, 28-0. But it was 0-0 halftime last year. Um, we kind of let one slip away from us, I thought, last year in that first round. Um, but, no, I think one thing that our, our conference does for us, you know, we play a pretty tough conference for the size of our school. I mean, we're playing all 4A schools. Um, so we get into postseason play. We're finally playing some schools that are our size. So that really helps us. Um, but, again, Oak Hill's a very, very well-coached team. Um, they'll be ready to play. They'll have a good game plan. Um, so they'll be ready to go. We'll be ready to go. Hopefully it's a pretty good matchup. Coach, uh, when you look at the schedule and – You've played Adams Central and South Adams every season, except for last year, since uh, 2014. That's a difficult mm-hmm. non-conference, my friend. I mean, weeks <laughs> one and two, brother, playing those Adams County schools, that's difficult. You don't, you don't want to yeah. uh, you necessarily duck them, but at the same time, man, either one or the other is a state title contender of recent, you know, recently. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, football in Adams County, it, it's historically pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, AC South Adams, they have some good tradition dating back to a long time. Um, and we've been playing AC South Downs one week one and week two, you know, since 14, like you said. Um, and they're top five teams in 1A, seems like every year. Um, you know, and Coach Mosier, Coach, Coach Mosier on South Downs, Coach Mosier on AC, they, they both do a heck of a job with their, with their teams. Um, but, yeah, uh, we, we have a pretty tough non-conference. <laughs> then we go into conferences, it's a meet grind every week. There's, there's no off weeks in our, in our, set, in our uh, scheduling. So, yeah, we yeah. Get of the week. It's tough, but uh, coach, you know, what do you want to see out of your group tomorrow night? You get a win, you get the the, the you know 
the monkey off your back, so to speak. Win or lose, what do you want to see from your group at Kendallville tomorrow? I just want to just keep improving. And I, I think that's something that we've done each week. And that's what we tell our guys, get better each week. Take it one game at a time, you know, every day, you know, win the day. Um, so I just want to see this get better. Uh, we come out with victory, we come out with victory. You know, ho- hopefully that's what happens. Um, but I just want to see this get better um, and keep improving and keep moving about my football in the right direction. All right, brother. Hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot for joining us. Congratulations on that win. I'm sure it's the first of many for Coach Nick Hall. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, buddy. That was Coach Nick Hall, Belmont Braves, joining us here on the High School Coaches Show. We're going to take a break. We'll come back to wrap it up. This is the Week 9 edition of the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Ford Wayne's newest morning show. Two pros and a cup of joe. With LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox. People are now like, but oh, John Gruden wasn't a good coach. We're going to act like he didn't win a Super Bowl, like he wasn't successful as a coach. OJ was a terrible football player. Too, well, they, they tried to say that he inherited the team that uh, Tony Dungy built. The, the team Tony Dungy couldn't win with. Two pros and a cup of joe. Every weekday morning from 6 to 9. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100 point nine fm home improvement is daunting these days finding a business who checks all your boxes for materials quality of work warranty and price can feel like a never-ending scavenger hunt alliance exteriors is here to make your unique home improvement journey easier for you alliance exteriors specializes in metal and shingle roofing siding windows and patios alliance exteriors promises to be your partners for life from the time a team member arrives at your door to assess your home two years after the job is complete with our best in the business lifetime warranties. Plus, all Alliance Exteriors jobs are done properly by licensed professionals so your warranty sticks. We invite you to look around at different companies. Alliance Exteriors is confident that after comparing quality of materials, quality of work, warranty, and price, you will give us a call. Contact us today at 260-908-5465. Check out our Facebook or visit AllianceExteriorsIN.com to schedule your free no-pressure estimate. At Alliance Exteriors, we are your Partners for Life. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. Every six minutes, a utility line is damaged by reckless digging. So Indiana relies on 811 superheroes like Steve the Plumber. I contact 811 before I do my work. Mary the Gardener. Before I plant a tree, I contact 811. And Mike the Landscaper. I dig for a living, but always contact 811. Prevent damages or injury. Call 811 or go online. 811now.com. Sponsored by the Indiana Utility Regulatory Commission, this station, and the Indiana Broadcasters Association. 
Now back to the High School Coaches Show on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back. Final time here on the High School Coaches Show. I am Justin Kenny. He is John Graham producing here for just a couple more minutes. And, of course, the big game coming up tomorrow night that you can hear on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. It is Snyder at Bishop Lures. Undefeated Lures, one loss Snyder. The SAC victory bell on the line for the championship. Bishop Lewis trying to win it for the first time since 2014. First time outright since 2011 with a win. Snyder won this matchup last year and has won 25 of the 29 all-time meetings between these two. Panthers have won four straight in the series. And Coach Kyle Lindsay has never beaten Snyder as a coach. So remember that interesting couple stats there when you look at this matchup tomorrow night it's very interesting because the forecast has it being wet whether it's raining during the game or it rains leading up to the game the fact of the matter is lures field will probably not be dry tomorrow evening and it being a natural surface and being grass what does that do when you look at bishop lures and the precision and the speed and athleticism that they're able to employ does this cause a problem for Bishop Lures? And uh, an interesting conversation that me and Brett Rump were having here before this show was, would it benefit Bishop Lures if this game was at Spoiler Stadium, if it was a Snyder home game? And then conversely, is Snyder happy that this game is not a home game? Are they happy to go to Lures Field uh, and play on grass? and wet grass and slippery and maybe neutralize a little bit of the playmaking abilities for, for some of those uh, Bishop Lures players and, you know, really try to grind it out with Tyrese Brown and that offensive front and, and really try to, to make this a, a grinded-out type football game. I think you can do that easier on Lures Field's grass than you can Spooler Stadium's turf. So that's kind of an interesting dichotomy between these two games is or two teams is, Probably each of them would rather be playing at the other one's field tomorrow night if it is indeed pretty wet. Uh, you know, I really think that this game tomorrow night comes down to the receivers of Bishop Lures against the secondary and the linebackers of Snyder. When you're looking at those receivers for Bishop Lures with Brody Glenn and, and Antoine Lake and, and, and Jaden Hill, and also you throw in like a Braden McInturf and the return of Aiden Dennis and Sir Hale out of the backfield and Dennis in the slot, that's a lot of guys that can beat you, and Snyder's going to have to defend those guys. If they can get a push up front, Dom Moon, if they can bring him off the edge, Markel Keel, maybe they're dropping Dom in some, in some coverage packages. I thought Bishop DeWanger did a good job a couple weeks ago in terms of showing different stunts and coverages to really confuse Carson Clark, and in the end, Clark was able to make the plays, but he never really looked comfortable throughout that entire game based on the various looks that Bishop DeWanger was throwing at him. I expect similar out of the Snyder defense tomorrow night. Uh, Pre-snap showing a lot of different different uh, you know schemes and movements and stunts and bringing pressure from this, that, or the other, really trying to keep that Lures offense off balance. I expect to see that. And, you know, if Snyder can get that running game going as it has the majority of the season, then maybe he can play a little keep away with Bishop Lures tomorrow night at Lures Field. If you're not able to get out to the south side of town tomorrow at the campus of Bishop Lures to check out that game. You can listen to it here with Brett Rump and Shannon Griffith with all the action at 7 o'clock 
here on 1380 The Fan 100.9 FM. That's going to do it for us here. Thank you to Bryce Vance, KPC Media Group, joining us. Thank you to Coach Mike Smith, Woodland Warriors, Coach Nick Hall, Belmont Braves. That'll wrap it up for this week. We'll be back next week. We'll talk sectionals as they get started in the state of Indiana next Friday night. Thanks, everybody. For John Graham, I am Justin Kenny. This has been the High School Coaches Show on 1380 The Fam 100.9 FM. of 1380 The Fan, the high school coaches show with Justin Kenny on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Download the podcast at 1380thefan.com or wherever you get podcasts. Broadcasting live from the Masters Heating and Cooling Studios, this is WKJG 1380 AM, 100.9 FM, Fort Wayne, Indiana, The Fan, 3 AM Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Saturday on Fox, join Reggie Bush, Coach Stoops, and the rest of the Big Noon Kickoff crew as they preview the day's biggest college football matchups. And stick around for the Big Noon Saturday matchup. It all begins at 10 a.m. Eastern on Fox and the Fox Sports app. Podcasts by Federated Media.